Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf, Maseches Kedushin, is daf Lamedvav 36. We're going to have two sections in today's daf. The first, which will begin the top line of Lamedvav Medalif, is really a conclusion of yesterday's sugya, showing another second and third source for Isi's fourth mitzvah losase that women are exempt from, which is the issue of Bal Yikrichu. And then we'll discuss the three shitas. And then the second section towards the bottom of Lanvav Modalef will be uh, eight exceptions women are exempted from, referring to avoda, actually, carbono uh, services, we'll see. And then two areas that they're included regarding those services, We'll get to it at the bottom of the page, God willing. Let's get started. The top of Lamed Fof Modalif. Now, Isi had said a fourth item on top of the Mishnah that women are also included, uh, excluded, excuse me, from Mitzvah Losase. And that was Lo Yikrachu, which is the Isser of um, shaving bald spots in the head when someone passes away. Hmm. So, yesterday, we said one explanation how we know that Isi holds, how does he know that? And that was deduced from the Pasuk. It says, We explain how we know that that refers to Lo Yikrichu. Now, Abaye comes today, and we'll see Rava also, they're going to say a second and third way we know this din of Isi. So, Abaye Omar, Isi. The reason Isi says that women are excluded from that losase is because they deduce a Zereshava. Karcha karcha from the children of Aharon. Meaning it says the word karcha in the context of the Kohanim. Lo yikruchu karcha. It says in regards to Kohanim and Emor. And it also says the same Isra making bald spots in regards to Yisraelim, which is actually in Parshas Re'eh. So from the Gzer Shava, the Gemara says we're going to deduce that karcha is just as regarding B'nai Aharon, just as regarding the Kohanim, it's B'nai Aharon and not B'nai Aharon. Also for regular Israelim, it's B'nai Aharon, not B'nai not it's, it's the Banim and not the men and not women. Ma'alala Noshim Peturos, Afghan Noshim Peturos. Just as regarding the Kohanim, it's men are chayev, women are patur. So too, regarding the Israelim, we say Karcha Karcha teaches us women are exempt from that prohibition of making bald spots over a dead person. Now, the in order to say this, we have to say, we have to assume, this is really like we explained yesterday in the sugi where we were discussing the Yisra of shaving the corners of the beard, and when it says B'nai Aharon in the beginning of Parsha Semor, it's referring to the entirety of the Parsha, which is how Abayi seems to understand, and therefore, even though it says later, after Tumah, where it actually says the words B'nai Aharon, it only says later, the Yisra of shaving bald spots into your head, will apply it to the rest of it, saying B'nai Aharon, not B'nai Saharon, also in regards to making bald spots into the head. So it says the Gemara of Yisvir Alon, if that's the way you're understanding that when it says B'nai Aharon, it's referring to the entirety of the Parsha, even the Isser of shaving bald spots into your head. So it says the Gemara, then the Torah didn't have to say this Gezer Shava of Karcha Karcha altogether, and I would just deduce it from a Kalva Chaymer. Regarding Kohanim, where the Torah has many more mitzvahs in general that they have to perform, and B'nai Ahar V'loi B'nai Saharan, only the male Kohanim are included in the Isser of making bald spots, not the female ones. So Yisrael, like Kol Shekain, certainly when it comes to ordinary Jews that have less mitzvahs, it'll only be the males that are bound by 
the Isra making bold spots, not the females. So once you're telling me Ben Aaron refers to the entirety of the Parsha, including Karcha, why do you need the Gezer Shava? You should just make a Kal V'chaymer to deduce this Halacha. So the Gemara answers exactly like Abayah said yesterday, love Gzer Shava. If not for the Gzer Shava, Hava, I mean, I would have said, Hifsika Inyan. I would have said that no, B'nai Haran is only a reference to the immediate topic that's being discussed for Kohanim, which is the Isser of Lotetame, not becoming Tame. Their women are exempted. But the later halachas regarding for example, like we mentioned yesterday, shaving the corners of their beard, or in this context, in regards to karcha, maybe women are not exempted. Now that we have the Gzer Shava, what it teaches us is extend B'nai Aharon to the entirety of the Parsha of uh, the Kohanim, and then cross-extend cross that also to Yisraelim. Says the Gemara, but Hashdanami, name a Hifsika Inyan. Maybe also now you should say Hifsika Inyan. Maybe Enachinami. Is that really B'nai Aharon is only referring to Tuma? It's not referring to the fact that female Kohanim are exempted from Karcha. The Imishum Gzereshava, and you're telling me it's because of the Gzereshava, we know not to say that. It's exactly the Shakhm of Tari we had yesterday about shaving the corners of the beard. Regarding the Gzereshava, it's utilized for something else, as the Brisa teaches. It says, and we're regarding the Kohanim, Lo Yikrechu, they shouldn't make bald spots. You'd think if you made four or five bold spots, you only have one time. Talmud Leimer, therefore, it says karcha. It says the word karcha. karcha. Why does it say karcha? To teach you that you're chayav on each individual bold spot. Now, why does the Pasuk have to say in your head? Because when it talks about Yisraelim, it says, It says, don't make gashes and don't make bald spots between your eyes for a dead person. So, you'd think you're only on between the eyes. Now, between the eyes means the makamat filling, meaning the above the hairline between the eyes. So, you'd think you're only liable in that location. How do you know the Rabbish called the the entirety of the head? Therefore, it says Beroisham by Kohanim, it says the word Beroisham, to make responsible on the entirety of the head if you make a bald spot, like the area of the tefillin. The only Ella Kohanim, I'd only know that you're responsible by Kohanim where it says Barosham. Shariba Bahamakaz and Mitzvah Yisraelis, and that's logical because they have a lot of extra mitzvahs. Yisrael Minal, and how do I know to apply the same rule to Yisraelim? So now we have Xer Shava, Namarkan Karcha, and Amrlahalan Karcha. It says by Kohanim Karcha, it says by Yisraelim Karcha. Makan Chayavakol Karcha Vikarcha Vikhayaval Rosh Kibedai Nayim, just as we have both stringencies by Kohanim, which is you're responsible for every bald spot as well as for any bald spot wherever it is in the head, like the like the place where you put the fill in. So too, regarding Yisraelim, you're responsible for every bald spot. One time, even each one individually. And also you're responsible for the rest of the head, making a bald spot like the place between the eyes, meaning the place of the tefillin. And just as by Yisraelim, Almeis, the Yisr is only if over a dead body, Afkan Almeis, so it's only by Kohanim if it's done over a mace. But asks the Gemara, Abaya, you're saying that the way you know to apply B'nai Aharon to the entirety of the Parsha, that you know to say women Kohanim are exempted from the Yisr of Karcha, and thereby also saying Yisraeli, Yisraelios, female Yisraelim are also exempted from it, is because of the Gezer Shavu. You see, he's the Gezer Shavu for something else. So maybe it's only limited to that location, meaning to say only for Tumah women, Kohanim are exempted. And then you have no way to know that the entirety of the Parsha, it also applies to Karcha, excluding female Kohanim, and your whole source falls away. So the more answers, Imkain, if that's all it was for, Nichtav Kra, 
Kerach. It would have just said, Kerach. My karcha. Why does he use the extra hey? Shmas minatarti. So we could actually hear two things from it. One is the Gezerah Shavah to teach us, like the Allah, as we just said, how far are the parameters of making bald spots between Kohanim and Yisraelim. Yerchai of each one, between the eyes, like the rest of the head also, etc. And two is to say that the B'nai Aharon extends to the entirety of the Parsha, allowing us to bring a source like Abayah says, that a woman is exempted also from the Isra of Layikrachu, and that's our source also for Yisraelim through the Gzera Shava. Now, Rava is the third source, the third way we know that women are exempted from the Isra of Layikrachu. means the third explanation of the Shita of Isi. Rava Amr Hainutaimo, what's the reason? Do you see? The Yalif Beinei Nechem mi Tefillin, because we deduce a comparison of Beinei Nechem from Tefillin. Meaning it uses the word Bene Nechem by the Isra of Karcha. It also uses it by the mitzvah of Tefillin. And Malahala Nashim Peturos, we know women are exempted from Tefillin. So Afka Nashim Peturos. So too, we're going to say that women are exempted from the Isra of La Yikrachu. So as the Gemara of Rav my time, Eliyamar Kabai. Why doesn't Rav hold like Kabai's answer? So he says, Kerach Karcha Le he doesn't agree that there's a mashmos of the extra hay to make a gezerah shava in addition to the original gezerah shava that we made, just telling us the parameters of the iser of layikrachu. Therefore, he'd rather learn from tefillin. Vaabai my time aleyamar kerava. Why doesn't Abai hold like Ravas? Amar lecha. Ravas says back tefillin gufayu mihalcha Actually, the source that tefillin <coughs> we say beinechem. It doesn't actually mean between your eyes actually, which is what the other certain sects of Jews held the Karayim, Tzedukim, etc. So that's actually deduced from the Isser of making bald spots. Malahalan makam she'aisen karcha, just as regarding la yikrachu, the Isser is where you'd make a bald spot, which is obviously on your head, right behind the hairline, begoiva shel reish, the, the height of the head, afkan makam anacha begoiva reish, so too by tefillin, that's actually what it's used for, is to teach us that tefillin is begoiva reish, not between the eyes literally, so therefore, it's used already for that purpose. It's not there open to teach us also that women are exempted from the Yisra of Yikrechel. Okay, now the Gemara says, beautiful. So we have Abayi and Rav with alternative sources and the original source for Isi, which is from Banim Atem Lashem Aleikechem. So says the Gemara, Ben La Abayi, Ben La Rava, Hai Banim Atem, the original Pasuk that we quoted of Banim Atem, my Darshi Bey, what do they deduce from that Pasuk? So the more answer is, Haimi boy, lechiratanya. They use it as the Brisa teaches. Bonim atem la Hashem alekechem. Pasuk says, Your sons to Hashem, your God. Bizman she atem noagim minog bonim, atem karuyim bonim. Ein atem noagim minog bonim, ein atem karuyim bonim. Div Rabbi Yehudas. Rabbi Yehudas says, When you act appropriately, you're called bonim. If you don't act appropriately, you're not called bonim. That's the emphasis. So it's not bonim v'loi bonis, but it's emphasizing if you act in the way of the Torah, so then you're called bonim. If you don't, you're, you're not called children of Hashem. But Rameiroimer and Abai and Rav are going to use it like this. It says in the pasuk, "Banim sechalim heima." They were foolish children. It's pasuk in Yermia, and from this we deduce that even when they're foolish, means they're acting inappropriately, they're still sons of Hashem. But Oimer, and it says in the pasuk in Azinu, it says, "Banim loy emun bam." It says, "Children without faith in them." Again, without faith, they're still considered banim of Hashem. And furthermore, it says in Yeshaya, it says, wicked children, destructive children, but they're still called children. Finally, the Pasuk says, 
Whenever they will, he will say, you're not my nation, but they're still going to be called sons of the living God. So the Gemara explains, what is the necessity for all these Vaimers, these different Pesukim? But that's going to be ultimately, Abayah and Rava say, that's what you use Banim for. Banim teaches us that even when we're not acting Kishu, we're not acting appropriately, we're still considered children of Hashem, which is a big, big Chizuk. The Gemara tells us, my Vaimer, why do you need all these Pesukim? Because maybe you'll say, with only the first puzzle in Yermia, Sichli Yehudimikri Bani, that when we're only acting foolish, but not acting grossly inappropriate, then we're called children. But when we don't have faith, we're acting in a grossly inappropriate way, maybe then we're not called children. Therefore, the Pasuk says, the second one we quoted, they didn't have faith and they're still considered banim. The chitema, maybe you'll say, ki les lehu emenusa, hu demikru banim, only when we don't have faith, we don't, we're, not, we're still called children. But ki kipolchula, vayras kechavim, loy mekru banim, but we bow down to idolatry, maybe then we're not called children anymore. Tashma, therefore the Pazik says, v'oymer, Tashma v'oymer, zera mereim, banim ashchisim. Even though we're destructive, we're acting inappropriately, like avoidah zara purposes, still we're considered banim. And the final one, maybe when we do have a so we're always going to then forever be called banim ashchisim. Sure, banim, but we're destructive children. Maybe we can no longer be called upright, appropriate children. Tashma, therefore the Pasuk says, When you say they're not my children, my nation, but they're still my, my children. As Rashi explains is, they still have the opportunity to do teshuva and go back to being called upright children. So they'll never forfeit that and they'll never be permanently banished to be called mashchis and destructive children, they could go back to being called children if they do teshuva. So says Abayi and Rava, Banim Atem Hashem Leikechim teaches us this, that we're still called children of Hashem even when we act in the inappropriate ways. Okay, final section of the day now. <coughs> second, second topic. Moving on to the next Mishnah. So we said in the last Mishnah, certain things women are chayev, potter, exceptions. Now the Mishnah moves on discussing parts of Temple service, their service in the base Hamikdash, women are chayav or putters. It says the Mishnah, a series of eight things. Asmichais, which is leaning on the animal before it's brought. Vatenufais, waving the carbon. Vagashas, bringing the carbon mincha close to the base, the Mizbeach. Vakemitsais, the Kemitsa is the taking part of the mincha offering with the fist and burning that. Vaktarais, burning certain parts of the carbon of the Mizbeach. Hamelik vamelikos melikos when they would kill the bird offerings with the back of their with the, from the back of its head with their thumbnail vakabolos as well as catching the bloods vazois and sprinkling the blood noegim vanashim v'leibinashim these are all applicable to men and not applicable to women women don't do these avoidus even koyanos they don't do these Rashi just Tosfos just throws in over here halacha and zrika are not mentioned in the Mishnah it means taking the blood and zrika which is sprinkling the blood. Um, why? Because halacha is included in Kabbalah, and Zrika is included in Hazah. And we'll see in the Gemara exactly what Hazah is. Besides, for two scenarios, women did do Tanufa waving the sacrificial parts, which is Mincha Saita, the Mincha of Asaita, which is a woman as, um, accused of um, adultery, and Nazira, a woman who is a female Nazir.
Okay, says the Gemara, Semicha is, how do we know when we wouldn't lean on the animals before they were slaughtered? Yechsimkin says in the Pazak, Dabral B'nei Yisrael, and then a few Psukim later it says, Vesamach, it says they will lean on them. B'nei Yisrael Saimchen, Ve'ein B'nei Yisrael Saimchen, you see, only the B'nei Yisrael, the men, the men would, and not the women. Tenufa is the waving, because it says in the Pazak, Dabral B'nei Yisrael, Ve'enif, it says, if you, it says later, the next Pazak, it says, speak to the male Jews and they will wave. Again, women are excluded. Hagasha is bringing the carbon mincha close to the mizbeach. They'll see because it says v'zayis teres hamincha akrev. I saw bnei aharon. It says the bnei aharon will bring the carbon minchas close. Bnei aharon will bnei aharon, not the female kohanim. Kemitza is taking the kemitza, which is the fistful of the mincha offering. As it says, Ve'viel b'nei aharon v'kamatz. It says the b'nei aharon will take the kemitza. B'nei aharon v'lo b'nei aharon. Akitarois burning the sacrificial parts. As it says, Ve'iktiro esay b'nei aharon. The b'nei aharon, the male kohanim will burn the sacrificial parts. B'nei aharon v'lo b'nei aharon. Again, excluding the female kohanim. Amelikos, which is the special way of slaughtering with the thumb of the kohen. The bird offerings. Tefsiv, as it says in the pasuk, umalak vehikter compares Malika to Aktara. Iskush Malika Aktara, just as Aktara was not done by the women, also Malika was not done by the women. Hakabalos catching the blood. Tefsiv, it says veikruv bnei Ahara, and it says in the pasuk, bnei Ahara will bring close. For Amar Mar, turn to Amar Vav Medbeis, and the Gemara tells us in Mesachas Chagiga and elsewhere, zu kabalos adam veikruv zu kabalos adam refers to catching the blood. That was only bnei Ahara and not the bnei Sahara. Vazais. Now, what is this sprinkling referring to? We're saying it's only applicable to men and not women. Now, what is this Azar referring to? If during the Paraduma, the problem is Elazar Kasuvba. Specifically, the Pasuk tells us by Paraduma, it was done by Elazar. So it says specifically that the Paraduma was done by Elazar, who was actually the Iskan Kohen Gadol. But the point is, as Rashi says, even other Kohanim were psulim for this service. Certainly women were exempted. That's not a question. So that can't be what the mission is excluding because that's Pashan. Elazar Kasuba. Edip Dipnim, if it's referring to the sprinkling that was done inside of the Heichal, inside of the Mishkan, actually, like Farashi says, examples, sprinkling on the Paroches, Mizbech Azov, regarding the Parakoi Mashiach or Paral Devashal Tzibor, but there, Hakoin HaMashiach Kasuvbah. It says specifically it has to be the Kohen HaMashiach, the Kohen Gadol. So you can't even have ordinary Kohanim to do this either. So therefore, what are we referring to? Ella, the Gemara says, Hazaa de Ben Oif. We're talking about the sprinkling of the blood of the bird Chatois. And the way we know that it can only be done by men and not women is a Kalvachemer from uh, the chatas of, of a sheep, of a larger animal like sheep. Uma ben sain regarding the sheep, which can only be, they cannot, they could be, there's no specific necessity for a kohen, or a male kohen at that even, to do the shechita, means you need, even a Yisrael could do it. He's a, a, a czar, a non-Kohen is allowed to do the Shrita, as Rashi brings the Pasuk. Only beyond that point would Kohanim need to step in. But Kavale Kohen Laza Asli, nonetheless, it is necessary for a Kohen. And Rashi says over here, there is necessity for a Kohen to do the Haza, as it says, Vizarku Benea Haroin. It says they do have to sprinkle the blood. So Ben regarding a bird offering chatas, that you do need a coin for the malika, which is akin to the shechita of a larger animal. Certainly you need a coin, I'm parentheses, but it's important, a male coin, that's the point, for the sprinkling of the blood as well, and therefore women are excluded. 
Now the last part of our Mishnah said, Chutz Mimincha Saita V'Nezira. Regarding the flower offerings of a Saita and a Nezira, there the women would actually wave, unlike other areas. Rabbi said to Rabbi Yoshia of his generation. So this was the Amoira Rabbi Yoshia, the later one, not the earlier Rabbi Yoshia, who was the Bar Plukta of Rabbi Yoshia. That's why it says Rabbi Yoshia of his generation. So he said to Rabbi Yoshia of his generation, don't sit on your feet, um, until you explain to me the following teaching. How do we know that the Sota flower offering needs, needs to be waved? So the Gemara says to me, no, what do you mean, where do we know it from? It says clearly in Parsha Saita, in Parsha Nosa, it says it has to be waved. You wave the, the flower offering. So says the Gemara, no. And the question was, how do we know it has to be waved by the owners? So the Gemara says, Asya Yad Yad We derive Gzer Shava Yad Yad from Shlomim. Ksiv Hacha, it says in Parsha Saita, Miyada Isha, the coin takes from the hands of the Isha, the word Yad though. Viksiv Hasim, it says in the Parsha Shlomim, Yadav Tevieno, his hands will bring it. Makan Koyen, Aflaulan Koyen. Just as regarding Saita, the coin has to wave, also by Saita, by Shlomim, the coin has to wave. And Mala Halan Bailim, just as by Shlomim, the owners have to wave, Afkan Bailim, so too by Saita, the owners, which is the woman, also has to wave. Haketzad, how is this done? Koyen machnes yadei tachas yad bailim. Koyen puts his hands under the hands of the owner in the case of sight to the woman. Umenif, and then they wave together. Ashkechen sight is the Gemara says, okay, so you've shown a good source for that first rule of the Mishnah. Minchas sight is waved by the woman. Nezira minalan, how do you know also for the Nezira? Asya kaf kaf misait, we have xira shava, kaf kaf from saita, just as by saita the woman waves. Also the Nezira, she's the owner and she has to wave it as well. We're stopping here at the Mishnah. Three lines from the bottom of the Vav Mud Beis. As Hashem will pick up tomorrow with a new Mishnah and a new topic regarding mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. Pick up tomorrow with Daflam Zion. Everybody have a wonderful day.